The Tarverian Podcast is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Please check out more of our shows at www.probablywork.com. Have you ever tried eating a corned beef sandwich in zero gravity? Are you a veteran of the Great Emu War of 1932? Do you long for a simpler time when the world's greatest global crisis involved horse manure? If, if the, the answer, answer to any of these questions, questions was no, then, then we, we have, have the, the podcast, podcast for you. you. Epic Fails of History. A podcast that delves into the most epic fails of um, history. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Epic Fields Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We've got more random tales of fail coming your way, so stay tuned for more epic fails of history. Rejoice ye one and all, as the dragon has returned to season two of the Tarviran podcast. Please join Rich Arbara, Rob Alfor, Bill Coulfrain, as they take on the epic fantasy series of the Wheel of Time. This season is dedicated to the Great Hunt, so join us as we go on a mystical adventure following the travels of the Great Horn of Valair in this season of the Tarvira Podcast. Good morrow, my young asshats. <laughs> Nothing like starting off an episode by insulting all of your listeners. Hello everybody, it's me, it's Bill, and yes, I am sorry for the delay in this week's episode. Uh, it is entirely, entirely my fault, okay? Because, um, yeah, you know, who, who, whoever, whoever in the world has to remember that the UK Daylight Savings Times and the US Daylight Saving Times are a week different. Okay, I forget this every year. I've been. Pod- I think this. I'm sure this is like my fourth, third or fourth year podcasting with Americans, um, and yeah, I just I I forget it every single bloody year that my clocks change, and then I'm an hour closer to you guys. So suddenly my normal slot <laughs> I leave open uh, with Rob. You know, I mean, you know, I try and get this out in my lunch break. Uh, suddenly end up right bound smack in the middle of my work, and uh, yeah, I was just too busy all week to actually, you know, move move my lunch around <laughs> so that I could actually record with the fella. So apologies to Rob, apologies to you guys, apologies to everyone. This is going to be a, a slightly delayed episode. Um, yeah, but how's it all going? How's how's the well of the wheel of time? Who knows? Well, I don't. I've been too bloody busy, uh, you know, from a personal point of view, and um, you know, not, I don't toot my own horn too much. But uh, I did I did pass a Microsoft exam this week. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So for anyone who's ever taken a Microsoft exam, you know what I've gone through <laughs> and uh, the studying I've had to do. And so yeah, that's kind of another reason why I've been a bit flimflam recently and not being quite on the top of my podcasting game as it was. But yeah, that is now behind me. It is a uh, slapped on my 
back forever. You know, Bill Gates is literally on a plane ready to tattoo that on my back so that he knows I'm one of his minions. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, you know, poor old world, poor old world. <laughs> I mean, to put up with people like me learning how to use Microsoft products. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, we have a delight this week because we actually have an iTunes review. Oh, yes, people, you don't have to listen to Bill Zig singing Mother. Oh, God, you lucky, lucky people. So let's let's have it, shall we? This week's iTunes review. So the person you all have to thank this week for saving your ears is uh, Matok90, M-D-O-C-90, via Apple Podcasts in the United States of God damn it, America. <laughs> I hope it's from the way. Uh, I hope it's from the state of West by God, Virginia. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and the uh, the review is entitled "A Wrinkle in the Pattern," uh, and five star as well. Thank you very much. Uh, you three have been a really great inspiration to me for what has been for all of us a very difficult time, namely this pandemic season. Hey, it is the season to be pandemic. Um, <laughs> Uh, that has descended upon us. Uh, I'm so glad you are back from your hiatus. Yes, sorry about that, and sorry for the uh, impromptu uh, four-day hiatus you've all had to experience as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've been a positive wrinkle in the pattern for all of our, your listeners' lives. God bless. Thanks again. Aww. Oh, that's probably one of the nicest reviews we've ever had. No one dicks. You didn't dick on us at all. Yeah. Cheers for that. You know, I like not being dicked on. Uh, Rob, do you like being dicked on? Oh, yeah, sorry. You're you're not here, are you? I'm I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll try and wrinkle your way into the pattern somehow this week. But you know, well, well we'll always have readings with Rob, won't we, people? We'll always have readings with Rob. Uh, so where do we go next? So we need to look at the Wheel of Time news from this week. And my friends, this week it couldn't have been more perfect news for a podcast. <laughs> So uh, we've been waiting for so much stuff, you know, we get screen, we you know, we get little photographs from the set, you know, we hear about all the people who are being taken on as extras to do all these like roles and stuff in the film, uh, film in the TV series. Oh yeah, there's film people, no, just in case you didn't know, you know, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, but this week, oh my God, they released for some strange reason an audio trailer. And uh, I'll just I'll describe it now so that you can listen to the audio trailer in a second. Uh, I'm going to play this very very awkwardly via my iPad into my microphone, uh, <laughs> only because my uh, my my recording thing seems to be playing up at the moment, so I can't really use it. Uh, but I'll get it fixed for another time, you know, because I, I like to use that for other things. And uh, yeah, it's just um, it's very strange. It's a very strange thing. So there's a there's a sort of a weird bubbly pattern going on on screen where there's these white and black pub. Uh, patterns and you know as you can easily you can guess they all sort of reel around in a circle and eventually make the uh, the sort of the yin and yang style symbol of the a sedai um uh, whatever it's called symbol 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 how many times can i say symbol god i wish i had a thesaurus sometimes but then i'd have to be flicking through the pages looking up other words for symbol anagram no anagram anagram's not a good one anyway uh, let's have a listen shall we And that, as they say, is that. <laughs> I mean, 15 seconds of audio? I mean, who the hell is that? Who, who's even talking? I mean, it sounds like 
uh, I imagine it might be like Egwene, uh, whoever that is. So maybe uh, is that uh, Madeline Madden? Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, oh no, actually, here we go. <laughs> if only I read the notes in the news article. So it is Madeline Madden who plays Egwene, and she confirms that the two voices are her and Perrin. But we don't really know much else about it. You know, uh, I think a good guess might be Winter's Night during Bell Time, um, but we don't know. It seems so strange to just release a small 15 second audio clip of a TV show. But, you know, perfect for us, us we gentlemen podcasters out here. And uh, on another podcasting note, uh, my actual, and I'm, I'm sorry for all the other Wheel of Time uh, podcasts out there, but my favourite Wheel of Time podcast looks like it's about to return. Yes, people. <laughs> the Tarverian is back. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> one of the it was one of the shows that actually got me to really think about. You know, do I want to do a Wheel of Time podcast? I was like, yeah, I love this stuff. Uh, it's Gleeman Radio, so keep an eye out for that. He's about to come back. I think he was halfway through book one when he gave up, and I don't know why he gave up, uh, but I've missed him dearly, and I can't wait for him to be back. So you know, at the risk of losing some of our listeners, fuck it, I love it. I'm gonna listen to it anyway. So yeah, who cares? <laughs> So anyway, guys, that was the TV news, and um, I would like to say here is a word from our sponsors, but unfortunately, um, <laughs> Anchor has gone on some sort of weird sponsorship uh, cull and <laughs> taken them all away. So uh, there is, uh, you know, sponsorships may return in the future, so you may hear an advert now if you're listening in the past, if that makes any sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, here's some word, here's some news, here's some news from our sponsors and from our network. Hey everyone, Scott here with my good pal Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies Jay and Bill, the RPG After Years. The After What? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. I thought RPG was Rocket Propelled Grenade. No, RPG stands for Role Playing Game. It's a genre of video game. Every week we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG-related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. So an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show. Yeah, I'll be honest with you people. I have no idea how you put up with my ramblings week in, week out. Or, you know, sometimes month in, month out, depending on what we do. Or sometimes if we're just walking through the woods doing not thinking particularly. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this week's episode, we are talking leave takings. You know, as in the chapter from the book. I think it's chapter 10. I want to say chapter 10. Chapter 9. Ch- <laughs> chapter 9 from The Great Hunt, leave takings. Oh, I am such an awful host. Anyway, so we. Um, <clears throat> We end up, uh, the whole book, this whole point is uh, set from two people's point of view. This part of the book it is set from uh, our lovely gentleman Rand and someone called um, uh, Bale Dolman, who you may remember, Captain Dolman, who was the guy who picked up Rand and Matt 
when they were escaping the Trollocs from good old Mashadar in that big scary place that they were in. Which names just suddenly left my head. Uh, <laughs> oh god, it's like one of the most important places in the book. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he picks them up from the river when they jump in uh, or jump onto his boat with Tom. Uh, it's that guy. So we're going to get a point of view from him, which is interesting. Maybe he's got more to the story that we know of. Dum, dum, dum. But yes, but we start off with our good old gentle friend, Rand, who's currently being afraid of being gentled. <laughs> so Rand goes down to the courtyard to see his horse um, and to make sure he's all ready to leave because everyone's getting ready for their little mission. And what's the mission, folks? We're going to hunt the horn. Da, da, da. The horn of Valer. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I've gone completely bonkers today. I need some more coffee. Uh, so, uh, there he meets uh, Loyal. And Loyal tells Rand um, uh, that he's still basically going to, you know, he's like, hey, Rand, mate, I know you've been being a complete dick the last couple of days. You know, I, I imagine this is how Loyal speaks. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be good if he was like a really sort of like, um, really, you know, English common type person. Yeah. Rand, mate, you are absolutely Tarviran, you know? I see the pattern weaving its way around you, bruv. I'm going to stay with you, you know? I'm going to get in there, man. I'm going to be there for you, man. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be there, solid. I'm going to be like a rock stuck to your back, weighing you down. Yeah, anyway, don't know what I'm talking Yeah, but he tells Rand he's going to follow him, uh, even though they don't know how long it will be. Because Rand, yeah, Rand even says to him, like, we don't know how long it's going to last this time. And Loyal goes, hmm, Rand, I didn't know how long it was going to last last time. <laughs> and I saw the green man. Oh, did you see his dick? <laughs> Hanging off that tree down the bottom. Oh, man, that, that tree's balls were huge. Anyway, um, <laughs> fuck me, what's wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then when Matt and Perrin come down, uh, he tries to apologise to them. And then they just... They'd just be a dick to him, really. But, you know, they're all going in the same direction. They're all they're all part of this same big group. Even if Matt and Perrin won't talk to him for the moment. You know, you know, it's just the sort of thing boys do to each other at that age. You, you give a little bit of a cold shoulder and you're like, yeah, he's been a bit of a dick. You're going to be a dick to him. You're going to be a dick back for a couple of days. And then eventually, you know, <clears throat> you'll all have a bit of hanky-panky and get over it. That's what you do. You know, you know, something there for the women to look at. Um... <laughs> Uh, yes, so they both just turn away from Rand in disgust. No, damn you, Rand. Uh, Loyal points out that Rand's coat is also very, very fancy, and Rand has spent significant amount of time as well pulling certain parts of embroidery out of the coat, trying to make it look less fancy. But unfortunately, good old Moraine has been at him. Uh, well, more importantly, it's the uh, the lady folk of uh, Faldara have been uh, changing all of his clothes, but obviously at Moraine's behest. And she's trying to make him look like a bloody king, and he's doing his best to try and not look like one. But because he is looking like one, it's pissing off man, Rat and, uh, Matt and Perrin because they're not kings and they think he's being a bit of a dick and think he's pretending to be a king. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um... So, uh, you know, that, that's probably why they're, they're, they're pissy with him, which I imagine is the case. So Rand, you know, makes a vow to himself. He's like, you know, I'm going to change my clothes the next time we stop. I've definitely got my uh, my good old britches and stuff uh, that were packed into my horse beforehand. And uh, I wonder if they're still there when he gets there. We'll have to find out, won't we? <laughs> and then at this point, Lan, good old man dragon, 
Yeah, man, dragon. He, uh, he confronts Rand and tells him to sheathe his sword in his own body. Now, spoiler alert. Uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but oh my god. Ah, I love rereading these books and finding things like this that refer to things that happen millions of miles away into the Wheel of Time. You all know how big the series is. You know, he tells him to sheathe the sword, and this is the start of a plot point that doesn't come together for like another 10 books. <laughs> it's just like, wow, good stuff, man, good stuff. Uh, well done, Robert. Your foreshadowing is a money. It is amazing. And yeah, it's just basically Land's just saying, like, the last thing I'll ever have to teach you, Rand, is about sheathing your sword. And Rand's like, I know how to put my sword in the scabbard. You may put it in and out 20 times. And that was after we had sex. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and, um, oh, what is wrong with me? Honestly, I just go nuts soon. As soon as someone puts a microphone in me, it's just filth. Just filth just vomits out on my mouth. Uh, I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to this. She'd be absolutely appalled at me. God, what if my girls end up listening to this when, I, when they're older? Maybe I should change. All right, I'm going to I'm going to voice rehab. I'm done. Sorry. I'll see you later, guys. Bye. Baby, come back. Now, fuck it. Who am I kidding? I love this shit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So sheathing the sword. Sorry about you know. Um, sometimes the best way to take down an enemy is to kill yourself. <laughs> Something along those lines. Uh, yeah. It's just like. If you've got nowhere else to go and there's no other move to make and you can't see any other way of beating your enemy, just let him stab you. <laughs> Rand's just like, what? And he's like, yep, that's it. I'll see you later, Rand. See you later, Rand. That's my last lesson. Good good day to you, young sir. <laughs> and he walks off. Rand, Rand's like, what the fuck is he on about? <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, man. And Rand just thinks his land's gone absolutely bonkers and crazy. Uh, and he's like, ah, that'll do rapid. And just then, the Amaralyn. A swain. She appears and she's telling Lord Agamar that she will now, um, that she wants to leave now rather than later. And Agamar is absolutely like, you know, I've got to throw a feast. I've got to show the right respect, man. Like, if everyone finds out you've left one day after turning up here, I'm going to be the laughing stock of the North. You know, let me, you know, I've got to do it. I've got to be the good host of a king. Come on, come on, Swain. I'll, I'll get you some bloody fish. From right down south, the nicest stuff you can eat, you know. I've got it here. Just come sit with me, just for one evening. And yet she's having none of it. She's like, no, I've got to be back. Stuff's going on. I've sent a um, uh, yeah, stuffs yeah, stuffs going on. Basically, there's just too much going on in the world, and I should have been back long before now. Uh, so she's done what she needed to come here for. She just needed to see these three Tarviran boys, which she has done. Or well, that's what she has spread the rumour about that she's done by seeing the three Tarviran boys. Even though we know as the reader that she actually only really came to see the one Tarviran boy, which is uh, Mr. Al Four, being the uh, the Dragonian reborn. Dragonian! Um, so La uh, Loyal at this point tells Rand that uh, she's sent a messenger to the Alm of Plain to see what's wrong. And this makes Rand very uncomfortable after reading the uh, the bloody note on the wall saying about, I'll meet you on Tommen Head. And uh, yeah, because Loyal even goes into the fact that, oh, Alm of Plain's been at war with this little bit of land. There's been a war with Tommen Head over this uh, tiny speck of land that they keep disputing over. There's some bad trouble going on there at the moment, Rand. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to settle on a, a type of voice for loyal at some point. I've, I've done like five different things so far. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get something out there. Um, <clears throat> uh, so Rand tries to uh, unsuccessfully convince himself it has nothing to do with himself, but obviously Rand 
it's all about you. It's all about you, isn't it, Rand, eh? Yeah, you and your big head, it's all about you and what you want and what you do. So you better sort your fucking shit out, boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Amberlin also then tells them that they must retrieve the horn as quickly as possible. And the horn is bound to the sen- to the sounder. So I think this is a new bit of information dropped on us just here. That uh, the person who blows the horn gets covered in... Uh, no, uh, uh, they are the one uh, the horn gets bound to. So when you sound the horn, it summons like uh, the 100 heroes of the past or some bonkers madness like that. And whoever sounds the horn, those heroes are then bound to, I think, until that person dies. And whoever else, like if someone else was to blow the horn, it would have no effect. So whoever sounds the horn is the horn blower. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't have to... So as long as someone on the side of light blows it first, we're in luck. But currently, the dark side has it. Come to the dark side. Uh, Rand feels uh, Rand again feels like someone's watching him. He's always feel like someone's watching. I always feel like somebody's watching me, and I know how to fight. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I want to feel like somebody's watching me. I know how to laugh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, and he turns, and he's a horse. Uh, to look at Dart, my, my, my notes make no sense here, but he turns around to his horse for some reason, um, and uh, he nicks the, oh no, yes, uh, he turns, sorry, I wrote the word Dart, thinking it was the name of his horse, so a Dart flies past Rand, and nicks the Amrilin on the arm, so someone has tried to just assassinate the Amrilin in Faldara Keep, and this blows Lord Agamor's mind, he's just like, oh, fuck, how can this happen on my watch, man? On my my town, man? This is my town. How could people be trying to assassinate the Iron Sea in my town? And he insists that she waits to leave uh, while they had the assassin, while they search for the assassin. Uh, assassin? 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 Search for the assassin. Oh, yeah, I forgot Sean Connery died this week. Oh, poor old Sean. Anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, sad times, sad times. I mean, let's face it, the guy was 90. You know, he'd already... He'd already batted out his good innings, uh, which is a really horrible thing to say, apparently. <laughs> it's ingrained in my soul, all right? Too much cricket, too too much uh, uh, North London in my, in my blood. So, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, Sean Connery, man, you're an absolute legend, and you will be sorely, sorely missed, my friend. Where was I? Oh, yeah, Dart tried to kill the Amelin. Uh, Agamar's pissy about it. Um, she tells him that it's nonsense and that she will not be delayed. And he says, I think he eventually convinces her to just, you know, take a troop of his men with her, at least to the border. She's like, yeah, yeah, fuck it, come on in. Anything to shut you up, you little penis. <laughs> I love the Amelin. She doesn't actually say that, but, you know, it's something along those lines. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, once again... She presses the importance of the hunt before they set out, and Inktar informs Rand that um, uh, Changu and Nido are missing. Oh no! And they had the watch last night. Inktar introduces Rand to Hurin and explains how he will track those who stole the horn. Now this, this is very very interesting. So Hurin is a guy who can smell death. But not just death, he can smell violence. Violence, death, all that sorts of, you know, nonsense. (laughs) And he's the one, so he's basically like, he's got a nose for it. 
and he said he even says to him he even says while explaining it like this only started happening like a year or so ago <laughs> just woke up one day and all i could smell was violence and death everywhere uh, but he's basically uh like a he's almost like a um, a, a great no not greyhound what's it called a bloodhound a bloodhound in the slips um and he can smell and so he's going to be the one to trace the trollocs and he's the first he's the one who goes they went that way <laughs> Yeah, they went that way. They went south. And they're like, what? Surely they're headed to the Blight. And he's like, nope, they went south. And everyone's like, okay, fuck it, we'll go south. <laughs> this is like, you'd have to have so much faith in this guy's nose <laughs> to just actually go like, okay, you know, Trollocs, Dark Friends, Merdral, they've all broken into this place on right near the Blight and they haven't headed back to the Blight to safety. They've gone south for some reason. You know, why? Why would they go south? What's the point? So yeah, he sniffs them out and south they go. So yeah, what an interesting man. I like I like hearing a lot. He doesn't he doesn't he's I think he needs more more content in his books. So Robert Jordan, get up mate. Yeah, I want to rewrite. I want him in. I like him, you know. I know I know he appears a couple of times, but I want more more hurrying. <laughs> and then this is when we uh flick over to Bal Dorman's point of view. Um now oh, how do I where do I start with this? So our good friend Mr. Doman walks into a pub and he walks up to this guy and he starts to undo his zipper, undoes his belt and then he pulls his trousers down really slowly and then he's... Did I hack into Bill's feed? Did this work? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Alright, um, sorry, this is Rob. I figured I'd just jump in for a few minutes uh, it's been a few weeks, and uh, whether or not Bill told you by the luck of the die roll, he got to do the solo this week. So I decided I'd jump in maybe and just give a few high-level points of my thoughts of the chapter. Um, first off, sorry to leave him with such a beefy chapter solo the other week. Was not my intention. Um, everything is okay. Everything's good in my life. Um, just work and life balance and timing and just... Hasn't been there, so apologies as always. But this chapter, chapter 9, Leave Takings, is one of those transitional chapters. As Bill told me, it's pretty much Rand packing his bags. But there's there's more in there. A um, couple notes. I like the fact that Rand gets his first real taste of being in the spotlight when he realizes that the assassination attempt of the Amerlin may not have been meant for the Amerlin. Um, then that's when he starts to get the Ugh. oh shit, they're after me, aren't they? Kind of vibe. Um, we meet Hurin, uh, interesting character, the, the, the smeller of death and decay. Not sure if that's anything I'd want to put on my business card, but, you know, he helps, he help, he is a, another player, another piece on the board in, the, in Randland and the Wheel of Time. Uh, his abilities uh, to smell dark friends or smell trollocs and kevins and all that i guess is is a handy needed uh, ability um one that is definitely used here because i guess he says pad and fane's smell is like death upon death upon death it's some unfoul un if he can smell death and the smell of pad and fane is one of the smallest smells he's ever had you know Padden has been doing some shit he pad and fane has seen some shit in his day and the realization that they aren't going north into the blight, but are going south. That's where 
that's where it's kind of the um dun 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 suspense hanging leave off uh transition and we go from the borderlands to to pirates of the caribbean uh captain bale doman and we get some backstory we get a large chunk of backstory for him i'm not sure why we get so much of him at this juncture uh we learn about sea folk we learn about his um dealings and, and you know he doesn't want to say he never outright says he's a pirate but he definitely deals in the quote-unquote import export business uh maybe some uh smuggling has happened he, he he can either confirm or deny that but he does his shady backwater dealings with some gentlemen who are paying him way more money than he would ever think to see on one job and his spidey sense is tingling so he accepts the job takes the letter that is supposed to be sealed and says screw this i'm going to open it and of course it has been a trap to have bail himself executed um Kind of interesting, kind of kind of deviant trick if you think about it from a high level. Hey, we'll send this guy on on this uh, secret double agent secret mission to hand in this sealed envelope, and then he'll get arrested and killed. <laughs> this will work perfectly. He'll never open it. Darn, the wily pirate knows better than that, <laughs> and, he, and he realizes the he realizes what it is. Takes the money and runs. Literally runs. Pack up, pack up the ship. We leave now. If they're not on board. Fuck them, they're gone. We leave now. Get a little talk of the sea folk and where he wants to think of where he wants to go next. Should I go back up to the Riverlands and trading in, in ice peppers, which is kind of a... So I've heard that a couple times so far in the book. I wonder what an ice pepper looks like. Maybe it's like baby blue. Chop it up. Have some ice peppers and sausages. Mm, that sounds good. Uh, but the chapter ends, or, or at least with Bale, we end with him pulling out some trinkets that he always owned through his times at sea. Uh... And one of the items happens to be a piece of Quailandar with the ancient Aes Sedai yin and, yang, um, yin and Yang sign on it. By Dar, he has one of the Dark One's own seals. I don't even know if he knows he has it. But, once again, he does. So, we know that Beldoma now is a more important part of the piece of the uh, Wheel of Time puzzle than before. And... He has stated his case as to be one of the major players if he indeed is holding one of the Dark One's own seals. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plans out. Anyway, I think I'm losing I'm losing my uh, signal here. I think it, I think I think Bill finally touched on. Hey, 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 I'll talk to you later. Walk on. Let's see it. And so he walks out. He says, "Thank you very much, Queen Victoria. I don't need it. I'm going back to Randland." And uh, Baldwin steps back into the TARDIS. And then that's the end of the chapter. Um, did anyone just... Did someone just hear someone say rock on? I really hope not. That's really lame. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, God, yeah, man. That, that thing with Baldwin was just absolutely bonkers. Like, that journey he went on. Whew, you know? I, did, I just didn't realise. And the dinosaurs. Wow. Yeah, man. It was just absolutely... What an absolute bonkers fest. Anyway, that brings an end to the chapter. And here you go, guys. You finally get to listen to your little bit with Rich. Uh, Rich, not the other one. No, who's the other one? Rob, that's it. God, all you Americans, eh? You just have to all be... Why do all your names begin with R? Rich, Robert, Roberto, Richmundo, Richie Richie Rich, you know? 
it just there's just it's just so annoying like just spread your names out a bit you know have a bit of diversity come on people come on americans name your children something or your boy children something doesn't begin with r please um you know unless it's rambo you know that's fine i've got no problems with that or you know or i think all children in america from now on all boys should be called rambo yeah okay yeah do you hear me biden trump whoever wins you know Got going the constitution. I've spoken, all right. Random British guy. Told you, do it now. So, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that brings it into our chapter. And like I say, here is readings with El Robo. El Robo, Rambo. And now the Taviren present to you readings with Rob. Chapter nine. Leave takings. Agelmar, stand up! Stand up, Lord of Faldara! You have not failed me, and you have no reason for shame. Last year in the White Tower, with my own guards at every gate and waters all around me, a man with a knife came within five steps of me. A white clerk, no doubt, though I've no proof. Please stand up, or I will be shamed. As Agelmar slowly rose, she fingered her sliced sleeve. A poor shot for a white-cloaked bowman, or even a dark friend. Her eyes flickered up to touch Rand's. If it was at me, he aimed. Her gaze was gone before he could read anything on her face, but he suddenly wanted to dismount and hide. It wasn't aimed at her, and she knows it. Leanne straightened from where she had been kneeling. Someone had laid a cloak over the face of the man who had taken the arrow. He is dead, mother. She sounded tired. He was dead when he struck the ground, even if I had been at his side. You did what you could, daughter. Death cannot be healed. Agelmar moved closer. Mother, if, if there are white cloak killers about or dark friends, you must allow me to send men with you. As far as the river, at least. I could not live if harm came to you in Chenier. Please, return to the women's apartments. I will see them guarded with my life until you are ready to travel. Be at ease, she told him. This scratch will not delay me a moment. Yes, yes, I will gladly accept your men as far as the river, if you insist. But I will not let this delay Lord Ingtar for a moment either. Every heartbeat counts until the horn is found again. Your leave, Lord Agelmore, to order your oathmen. He bowed his head in assent. At that moment he would have given her Faldara had she asked. The Amelin turned back to Ingtar and the men gathered behind him. She did not look at Rand again. He was surprised to see her smile suddenly. I'll wager Ilion does not give its great hunt of the horn so rousing a send-off, she said. But yours is the true great hunt. You are few, so you may travel quickly, yet enough to do what you must. I charge you, Lord Inta of House Shinoa, I charge all of you, find the horn of Valair and let nothing bar your way. Inta whipped his sword from his back and kissed the blade. By my life and soul, by my house in honor, I swear it, mother. Then ride! That was Readings with Rob. 
If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirNPod with your request. And there you have it, people. Readings with Rambo Roboto. Rambo Robo Richo. <laughs> so, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Sorry again for the delay. You know, I'm going to keep saying that a lot. <laughs> you know, it won't be daylight saving times every week. I mean, Rob do have a, a fairly robust schedule when, uh, you know, when the clocks align, unfortunately. <laughs> but thank you for coming back anyway. Thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, so what do we have for you guys next week? Uh, we have Chapter 10, finally, of The Great Hunt. The Hunt begins yes people the hunt 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 begins and it's an entire chapter set from rand's viewpoint so we get some more thoughts of the dragon reborn and whatever else is going on in that battered old head of his <laughs> now um, again thank you guys for showing some love by giving us our um our itunes review this week uh it'll be very good if you could keep the itunes reviews coming in it really does help promote the show out there in the uh whatever algorithm that um, apple podcasts use and all the other podcasting apps as well whatever you want to do if you want to leave us a review in discord if you want to leave us a review via email at tavir and pod please do so we'd love to hear from you guys criticism is welcome although it will be shatterable <laughs> only by me Rob, Rob will take it on board uh, so yeah as I mentioned there's a discord come join the discord and uh, we'll point you towards better discords you know because I have all the resources to do so easily via copy and paste uh, but I don't have it to put in my show notes because I'm too lazy for that so yep yeah, come join us on discord or even if you want you can actually talk to us on discord you know <laughs> bonkers world that we live in you could do that um so no excuse you can come talk to us if you want um again uh, the network itself is going still going through its podcasters assemble season uh don't forget if you are a resident of maine to go out and vote for pete Bourgelais, who is running for state representative of housing district one something 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 dark side anyway if you're either voting if you've got a choice to vote for pete Bourgelais or tom schofield you're in that right place don't t- vote for tom he's got a questionable voting record at the house or the representative thing. I don't really understand US politics that well. Uh, but yeah, go vote for Pete Bourgelais. Please, please, please. Man is a legend. I love the guy to bits. Um, so vote for Pete. And yep, yeah, we are on YouTube. Uh, again, unfortunately, only book one is currently on YouTube. I'm not doing a very good job of getting our show out on back onto YouTube. So I will hopefully get there one day soon. Uh, but there are so many places you can show your love and support for the Tarvir and podcast people. Uh, we are here for you almost every week. You know, you can be there for us. <laughs> Just show us some love. Uh, oh, yeah, we even have a Patreon. I always forget about the Patreon. If you do want to catch the show uh, a little bit early... Uh, <laughs> It'd be good if we could just get them out on time. <laughs> you can come for us an extra couple of buckles here on Patreon, as well as some extra bonus content. Now, my throat is getting really, really dry. You know, I feel like one of the Mergels looking at me. Oh, no, it's Rich. He's completed his transformation to a Mergel. The island is fair. It is fair. Bye, everyone. As we march further on into the adventures of the Great Hunt, we take a quick peek into each of the minds of the three farm boys from Two Rivers to see where their heads are at at the moment. Wow, Perrin is so good talking to women. The way he handled Eggwing, I wish I could do that. Man, I wish I was as good at women as Perrin. Man, Rand seems to know what he's talking about with them women. I wish I was able to be as good talking with women as he is. 
man, I see Rand and I see Perrin and Lewith, they're talking to women. Boy, I wish I could talk to women like that. The only thing I'm good at is making women mad. I only make women pissed off. Matt really has a way with women. I don't know how he gets away with it, but I wish I had that same ability to talk to women like he does. I can't believe the way Matt talked to that woman. It worked out beautifully. I just, I just get stuck in my words and, and, and they think I'm just slow, but man, Matt really has a way with the women. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.